A lot of praise going around in the wrestling community. One from AEW to WWE, one from WWE to AEW. Let's get right into it, Ralph, here on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble. We'll start with MJF. He has been a hot topic recently because of all the rumors of him leaning towards leaving AEW for WWE, wanting more money. And of course, people on Twitter commenting on this saying, why should MJF go to WWE? Because they're not going to build them right. Just look at all the NXT guys that failed there. And what does MJF do? He answers back on Twitter and says, no, they actually build a lot of people from NXT, including Liv Morgan, Big E, Roman Reigns, Charlotte Flair, insulting the IWC in the process. So what do you make of this? I know a lot of people say that WWE don't know how to build stars from within, that NXT was a failure, all this other stuff. They don't know how to build guys. but. I I disagree with this a lot, but I actually agree with MJF on this one. I definitely agree with him. And this is something that we've talked about before. Look, if it was that easy to build a superstar, then we would have Stone Cold Steve Austin and Rocks every generation. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's very rare. The amount of wrestlers that have been over to that level that were that big of stars and draws, you can probably count on one hand, maybe two. So it's not just as simple as, okay, well, we're going to build a star. I think this is genius on MJF's part because I think that he's doing everything right to position himself for more money, whether that's from AEW or if he decides, hey, I want to go to WWE because he's actually taking the time into investing in his character, making himself feel more special and being a true heel in an era where, you know, it's very trendy to be the heel that is cheered, so to speak. Even if this is all a work, which right now I'm in the, the belief that this is because given his character, this actually makes a lot of sense for him to be like, Oh, I get wronged all the time. I'm better than everybody. So if AEW's not going to treat me the right, I know WWE will. And given their fan base, you know, that hate WWE, what better way to get heat than by saying, I'm going to leave to go to the, uh, quote unquote, uh, competitor or, uh, dark side or whatever the right. case may be, because he's a guy that's all about the money. If WWE is willing to give him that money and Tony Khan is not, obviously he's going to walk. But at the same time, you have to think, we just saw Cody do it. So why can't MJF do it? And speaking of Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman, he was on the James Stewart of the 98.5 Sports Hub Inside the Ropes show. And Heyman was being asked about different opponents for Roman Reigns. Now that he's the undisputed universal champion, all that stuff, Cody's name got brought up. So in there, he does say this about Cody and starting AEW. He says he created something, co-created and helped create something that completely changed the complexion of the industry. And now he's back to claim what he feels is his moment. And the only way he's going to be able to live that moment is to step into the ring with the tribal chief, Roman Reigns. So we basically have talked about, you know, whether or not Cody Rhodes sh- should be the one to dethrone Roman Reigns. But a nice tip of the cap there for Heyman to bring up, listen, Cody started, or at least helped start AEW, and it's definitely changed the landscape, whether wrestling fans want to admit this or not. Wrestling is in a good place with AEW in existence. At the end, leading to if Cody wants to prove it, he's got to do it against Roman, though. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think that so many people are 
because of their allegiance to AEW, or even if, you know, some WWE guys go over to AEW, fans and their allegiance to one promotion over the other, wherever their bias may lie, it's, it's a natural tendency to undersell the achievements of, of certain people. Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. has been no exception to that. I think that if Cody actually goes on to win the championship, whether it's from Roman or not, it'll be one of the more impressive things that you've seen in the industry in recent time, because very rarely do you see somebody who is like a castaway from WWE or chooses to leave or gets let go and comes back and is able to get to that point where now they're like a main eventer. Drew McIntyre was able to do it. Cody Rhodes. Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, Cody, but... Even Bobby, yeah, Bobby Lashley is a good example of that, I guess, because he was being pushed strongly, but he wasn't at that level yet. But Cody, I mean, if he was able to do it, literally that promo he cut, undesirable to undeniable, all have come from hard work and everything will have come to fruition. So, you know, I know that people are quick to like undermine him and his accomplishments, but if this happens, good on him. You know, you took a bet on yourself, you left. You were able to reinvent yourself because if he doesn't leave and go and become the American nightmare and do all these things in AEW, I highly doubt he'd be in the position that he's in right now in WWE. Right. And and this is a guy that, you know, understood his worth, left WWE, took a chance on himself because he knew he was worth more than what WWE thought he was, proved it. And now he's back here proving that worth even more. And look what they're doing with him in his first month and a half. Like he's got a big, big match at WrestleMania. Basically, he's the face of Raw to the point where now they specifically have him on at 10 o'clock now because they think he's going to be a ratings draw. And guess what? It's worked two weeks in a row. I think AEW, while they are doing their thing and they're doing well, maybe they should have actually paid Cody what he wanted and give him what he wanted because Cody knows his worth and he's going to, you know, bet on himself if someone else says, no, you know what? We don't think you're worth it. And so far... He's cashed in once and he's on the the path to do it yet again. You know, we're talking about knowing your worth. We know what happened earlier in the week with Raw. Sasha Banks and Naomi walk out of Raw because they feel disrespected with the tag team championships. We have conflicting stories on what the hell happened. So whatever the case may be creatively, Sasha and Naomi thought, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm out. And good on them if that's the case. I still would like to see more details of what actually happened from both sides before I make a full-on opinion of it. In fact, I posted it on our community page. I posted it on Twitter. If everything that we hear is true and the release, the statement's true or whatever reports we're seeing is true, good on Sasha and Naomi. But if this is all a work, it's a work. However, we did get some sort of update regarding Naomi's contract. Dave Meltzer said on Wrestling Observer Radio that Naomi's contract, while we don't know when it's going to end, could be ending soon, and that there were talks of negotiations for a contract renewal recently. So do you think this was part of the reason of her walking out, and what do you make of this whole situation? I don't, I don't know what to make of this situation yet, because I can kind of see both sides of it. It's tough because... When I'm not podcasting, I am on the other side in management. That's the position I hold. So I can Mm kind of see it from both sides. I don't think it's professional for people to walk out, but I know that wrestling is very niche and very different than it. You know what? Even somebody like Stone Cold Steve Austin came out and said it was wrong for him to walk out when he didn't agree with creative. I, I really want to hear 
what Sasha and Naomi have to say on this whole thing. I want I want to hear what they have to say as far as like what they were pitched, what they were asked to do with wrestling, especially if you're a star. Like if you feel like you're being undermined, maybe you do have a certain opportunity to stand up for yourself and walk out and not fear the repercussions because I mean, what are they going to do? If it was just Naomi, I would be like, she's gone. They'll cut her, they'll release her, they could move on. That's not a big deal. But Sasha is one of those big stars, especially in the women's division. If she gets released, AEW signing her like tomorrow, like not any question, you know? Right. So, like, they'll, um, they'll will, they'd be willing to pay whatever the repercussions are for the no compete clause, I think, if Sasha Banks were released. Honestly, like if they if she comes back, she'll probably be in a better spot than she was the last time she did something like this, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't think it's wrong for talent to demand good creative, especially if they feel like they should. Somebody like Sasha, who who is already a proven star and somebody like Naomi, who I said before WrestleMania, I felt like she could be somebody that could get a little momentum and be pushed at that level. I don't think it's wrong for them to want to stand up for themselves. I just. It's natural for people to jump on the bandwagon and say, okay, well, this is another typical WWE. Uh, they treat people like crap. And it could be. I have no idea. But um, I don't want I, I to throw my name into that, that hat just yet. So, Right, right. But actually, one of the theories out there now, as Cameron, uh, the former tag team partner of Naomi, she actually had a thing to say about this because she spoke with SC scoops and she feels like Naomi was manipulated into walking out. She didn't necessarily point the finger at Sasha, but she did say this. What happened? I think I'm just going to remove Sasha because Sasha's done this before. Sasha's a great athlete. Let me not get this twisted because I don't want fans coming for me. She's definitely deserved. Like she's a great wrestler. She's a great character. She does what she has to do. My girl, Naomi, she wouldn't do this. And I feel like she wouldn't do this unless she had someone manipulating and telling her how to do this. Let's best believe if I was here coming as a Funkadactyl, we wouldn't have had this happening at all. We know Sasha has done this in the past, or at least that was the, the original rumor after WrestleMania 35, where Ryan sat and reported that her and Bailey were on the floor crying because they lost the tag titles. Sasha went on her hiatus. Bailey ended up winning Money in the Bank and cashing in the same night. We were there that night. And that kind of started the eventual great run that Bailey had before yeah. she got injured. Naomi being manipulated out of this. Like, I, I actually could see that because if Naomi's winning, she's getting a chance to at least compete in a Raw Women's Championship match against Bianca Belair. That is a huge match for her especially because she hasn't really been in a singles championship match picture in a very long time. Even if she's going to lose to Bianca Belair, having a match against her and being showcased well maybe keeps her in that spot. But now that she walks out, like th- yeah. that's the thing. If it's a shoot, obviously we know what happens and obviously they're frustrated. But if it's a work, what's the end game? That's the thing I want to know. What is yeah. the, what do they, what does Sasha and Naomi get out of this if it's a work? Yeah. And I think that a couple of things, one, I, I think that if it's a work, I mean, I'm going to assume that they get inserted into some faction, whether it's the bloodline, whether they join, I don't know, edges faction. I don't, the more that comes out, the more I don't think it's a work, especially kind of the way that, that 
memo or whatever was worded like about, yeah. oh, well, you know, this is predetermined and all this like kind of like, well, if you were trying to promote your product, calling it fake deliberately doesn't do you any favors. So mm-hmm. um, there's that. I think that this is it's odd because this is probably the most relevant Naomi has been in a really long time, like as a tag champion with Sasha, you know, cause she hasn't done a whole lot. She's certainly not positioned in a, at the same level as somebody like Sasha Banks week in week out from a singles competition standpoint. But I also feel like she's protected a little bit because walking out with Sasha Banks is different than walking out by herself. Sasha Banks walks out. There's probably a lot of conversations that have to be had and a lot of things that need to be considered before they say, I'm sorry, we're done, we're releasing you. Naomi walks out, I think it'd be a lot easier for them to say, all right, see you later. Just because she has not accomplished the things that Sasha Banks has accomplished in WWE or in wrestling or outside of wrestling. So it's very interesting. The next couple months or weeks are certainly going to be interesting. And um, I'm just interested to see what more kind of unfolds from this whole thing. I do want to thank our sponsors for this show before we head on to our next story. And that is Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code SCPB20 at manscaped.com. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. It is a game changer inside that package. You got the Lawnmower 4.0 air trimmer, the Weed Whacker Air Nose hair trimmer, the Crop Reserver ball deodorant, the Crop Reviver toner, the Performance Box of Reefs, and a travel bag to hold all those goodies. Lawnmower 4.0, it's awesome. Advanced skin safe technology, it's waterproof, it's got that spotlight, 400K LED, so you have a more precise shave. The air and nose trimmer is awesome as well with the propriety skin safe technology to help reduce nicks, snags, and tugs. Crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner change your approach for your hygiene routine. And trust me when I say this, your balls will thank you. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code SCPB20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code SCPB20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job at Manscaped. All right, Ralph, our final story of the the episode, a major update with Kenny Omega. He's been gone since his match at Full Gear. He's been having a series of different surgeries, dealing with vertigo, but it seems like PW Insider is reporting that Omega has resumed his usual backstage role in the last recent weeks producing some of the women division matches in AEW. He's also being involved with the AEW video game. And he also was reportedly being the person that uh, contacted Brian Cage to inform him that AEW picked up his contract option earlier this year. So good news here that Kenny Omega is on his way back after the injuries. I don't know if this is, you know, imminent future, like within the next weeks or, you know, month or so that he's back. But it's good to see that he's actually getting back backstage to at least perform his producer roles or, you know, his EVP roles. Hopefully it does mean that he's right around the corner for an in-ring return. I don't know. I know that he, from everything that was reported, he was dealing with quite a bit, whether it was like hernias and vertigo and shoulder issues and whatever else he had going on. So 
Hopefully he's on his way back to the ring and not just limited to working backstage. You know, this is something I think not a lot of people are talking about because it's just him doing backstage, but people want him back in the ring and hopefully they could get him back in for Forbidden Door. Having him on that car for Forbidden Door, I think is going to be huge given that he was such a focal point in New Japan when they actually had that start of the Western expansion and basically where AEW is now really could have been New Japan a couple years ago. He kind of has unfinished business with some people too. Yeah. Uh, Tanahashi, I, he dropped the title of him right before he left, I believe. Yep. Uh, Jay White, there's a storyline there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a storyline. Okada, they could re- always revisit that. Right. Abushi, I, I don't know what's happening with Abushi, but yeah, you know, I, that too. For those that don't know, Kota Abushi is trying to possibly expose management of New Japan Pro Wrestling for doing some crazy things like trying to get him back in uh, before his surgery is fully healed. Also, there's claims of sexual harassment too. And and now it's to a point where Kota Ibushi could be released from New Japan Pro Wrestling. So maybe we we don't get to see Kota Ibushi at Forbidden Door outside of injury reasons. But if so, if he's healed enough and he you know resolves everything with New Japan, Maybe we see a one-on-one with Kenny and Ibushi. Maybe we see the Golden Lovers in a tag team match. I, I think that is definitely something interesting to see. And the fact that they expanded ticket sales, by the way, they added all the leftover tickets that they originally blocked off due to the stage or whatever. They opened those up at the top level. So we'll see if those sell and continue their great ticket sales for that show uh, June 26th. At least they're in a better position than WWE in the UK right now. So. I know like, well, I think there, they just priced themselves out. Like there are so many people excited for that show. And unfortunately, like you look at the ticket prices and there's people in the UK that are like, that is way too expensive. We can't for tickets. I I think for like top level was like 250 quid, which don't, I don't under, I don't know the exchange rate of that, but I would think it's somewhere along the lines of like $300. Oh, God. That's no, ridiculous. Thanks. Before we get to Forbidden Door, before we get to Double or Nothing, we had this past week's AEW Dynamite, and we reviewed that. Click the thumbnail on the screen right now to let us to find out what we thought of the Joker being Johnny Elite and Maki Ito, and, of course, all the other fun stuff that happened on that show. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Cycle Babble.